Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> so, first, our episode four starts out with the Horn Razor Crest just kind of empty. And uh, I don't know, did you did you think this this bit was funny, Gerald? Like we see oh, baby Yoda in with the red and the blue wire. Yeah, I thought it was stupid. I was like, first off, why would you think that Baby Yoda would be able to do this? Second off, isn't this extremely dangerous and could also have the possibility of accidentally killing him? And third, at what point in time has Baby Yoda really shown that he actually understands the words that are coming out of your mouth? He tends to kind of always do what he wants to do. The only thing he really understands is, oh, food, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> right. So um, for those that don't know, uh, Den is trying to get Baby Yoda to switch wires around in typical Star Wars. Well, if we, if we switch the blue and the red, it'll, it'll make the hyperdrive work fashion. And Baby Yoda promptly shocks himself because yeah. can't can't distinguish or pay attention or whatever. Yeah, and it's like this is the same Mandalorian who the moment Baby Yoda got like eaten by like a water monster just dove in without a second thought to try to save him. But he's like, yeah, go go uh, do this rewiring in the ship that might have enough voltage to kill me if I did it wrong. But yeah, Baby Yoda, I, I, I'll walk you through the process. Fine. Right. So, <laughs> and, and weird enough, like the the conduit is like oh, conveniently Baby Yoda sized. So there's more, more of that convenient shit going on. Uh, so, so that doesn't work. So they uh, they make a detour to Navarro where all the stuff started in the first place. Mm. Um, so I don't know what this race of aliens is called. So I'm just going to call them the Balchins because that's what they look like. Oh, the uh, yeah yeah yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So they're uh, it looks like they're ransacking the old Mandalorian hideout there, mm. and uh, one of them picks up this ferret rat looking thing and it's like, oh, look at you. You're going to be dinner. And then they, I think there's four of them. Then they hear a noise. One of them goes out to investigate and here comes Kara just beating the shit out of him. Uh, shoots, shoots a couple of the others. Uh, when one of them tries to shoot back at her, she does like a combat roll over the dead body, grabbing it up around to to absorb the, the shots at her and she picks it up and yeah. then just throws it backwards at him. Kicking ass, taking names and being sexy about it. Mm, right. <laughs> and then, so she's, she's grabbing up all the, uh, all the money and stuff that, Oh, there's Chewie. All the money and stuff that, that they stole. And this, uh, this ferret rat things takes a shine to Kara. So that happens. <laughs> And uh, now I had actually watched this episode, I think, two weeks ago, but probably already forgot about most of the stuff. So 
Um, I guess that hmm. works in our favor. So uh, Mando shows up, you know, he lands, and there's Grief and Car there to greet him. And uh, Grief is like, you know, what happened to your ship? And Mando's like, don't ask. Whatever. And uh, so he, so Grief gets his his guys to fix the, sh- you know, make the ship fix, you know, fix it basically. Yeah, yeah fixes the ship. Yeah, and then so it's the the two humanoids, and then a red, uh, super sus looking alien. Like, are they purposely trying to make everything that's suspect look suspect? Because like you see this red alien, yeah, like he walks up to the, um, to to land to the ramp, and then turns around, and I'm like immediately, oh, that fucker's up to something. Yeah. I I think they do it so that people can't be like, well, that just came out of nowhere. There was no indication that that was going on. And my only response to that, well, that's the fucking point. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the moment they show you the alien turn around, you immediately know something's up. And you're just like, oh, oh, this, oh, something's gonna happen. This motherfucker's sus. <laughs> And so they, uh, so Grief and Kara take Baby Yoda to a school, set him down, at, you know, on an empty desk so they can, so Din, excuse me, Kara and Grief can talk in private. And of course, there's always the quid pro quo, Clarice. Like, you know, hey, uh, you know, since it's going to take a, you know, the entire length of the episode to fix your ship. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, we could use your help with something. And of course, Din's like, oh God, what is it now? It's like, well, uh, you know, the entire planet is in a green zone, except for this one little part in the ass end of the, of the planet where there's an Imperial base. We need your help to, uh, Clear it out. It's just a skeleton crew, by the way. It's always just a skeleton crew, or just one squad at the most. Yeah, nothing to be worried about. It's just a couple of guys. We go in, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. Yeah, the here's good, right? Except it's not. And uh, so this this fish guy was he from uh, season one? I believe so. Yeah, so he's he's uh, indebted for 350 years to grief uh, for whatever whatever he what he said it was creative bookkeeping, and then he fled. Yeah, did some accounting fraud. So back to uh, a, a quick back to the school. Uh, Baby Yoda sees the kid next to him. I say he's native looking. He looks like he's a native, like a Native American child. Uh, he's yeah, he looks native to me too. Yeah, he's eating these blue cookies, and Baby Yoda's just trying to get his attention. Like, and then he holds out a little tiny clawed hand, like, "Can I have one?" And the kid's like, "No," and then just turns away. And then Baby Yoda uses the force to steal them. Yeah, because Baby Yoda don't give a fuck. I want num nums. I'm gonna get num nums. 
Yeah, baby Yoda is the honey badger. Well. Uh, so, all right. So, <laughs> uh, like I had said, the fish it, alien is baby is baby Yoda an an analogy for the booty warrior. And like, see, I knows what those is. Those is cookies. I'm gonna tell you like this. I like them cookies, and I want them cookies. Now we can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. Choice is yours. <laughs> I'm forever getting, going to see that. <laughs> either way, I'm getting mine. So get yours. I want to see sweat coming out your pores. Oh wait, that's Marky Mark's song. <laughs> Oh, uh, Marky Mark. So they voluntold the fish guy into coming with them, I guess, because he's the one that, that owns the speeder. And uh, so they they show up, and fish guy just kind of stops the, the speeder like a hundred feet from the from the base. It's like, well, here we are, and then Grief's like, uh, can you take us up to the door? And so during this, this whole raid thing, essentially, long story short, um, the fish guy gets 130 years of, of uh, indentured servitude knocked off his sentence, basically. Yeah. So, so they, they pull up, they go up to the door, the uh, door controls have melted because they probably weren't raided for lava. And... Uh, So Grief calls the fish guy up to try to use a plasma torch to cut through it. Meanwhile, Din's like, I'll be right back. Fires has brought his uh, jetpack up, goes up to the, I call it the loading dock. That's what it looks mm. like to me. <clears throat> and then not like a not like a couple seconds later, uh, crunk, you know, Stormtrooper falls dead and the door opens from, I guess, from the top. And then they all like, pile Good. At this point, should we just see it as a crime whenever they kill a stormtrooper? Because it's kind of like clubbing baby seals. Are you are you trying to suggest that stormtroopers are adorable? Um. Well, no. He's trying kinda. to suggest that they're helpless. Yeah. They're, Mostly that they're they absolutely have, helpless. They're the only creature in all of history that I know has like a minus 100 plot armor. Well, unless they're fighting a black man, and then they get really, really badass really quick. Oh, you're talking about a TR-8R traitor? Yeah, traitor. Yeah, traitor. <laughs> if they're fighting a black person, they're really badass, but any other time they suck. Uh, and somehow produce a like a lightsaber esque um, what's it fucking call them? Tons. Well, no, it's just it's it's just a it's just a repurposed force blade because you have those. Uh, I forget exactly what you call them, but they've always had them, and they've always been able to fight lightsabers with them because it creates a field of energy around the blade itself. So it's just a version of that. He made like a mace of it. So yeah, and it's a it's a tonfa like an old old style police battalion, or uh, not battalion. Um, I, I can't think. I can't word right now. I'm still That's half asleep. Cool. Take your time. 
so they get up to the to the top, and then here's the foreshadowing of, uh, oh, that's a Trexler Marauder, and it's in mint condition. It's like, well, it's not going to be by the end of the episode, but we don't know that yet. <laughs> uh, so they get up there. It cuts to like the uh, to the surveillance room. The one more uh, imperial officer is like looking there, and he's like, "Hey, uh, we lost a uh, lost visual for the, for the docking bay. Anybody copy?" And then he gets put the he gets the sleeper hold, and grief takes the uh, the code cylinder, which is remember I think it was last last week you asked about the uh, the things on the shoulder pockets of the. Uh, Imperial officers. Anybody there? Yeah, we're still here. Oh, sorry. Did you ask a question? Yeah. You remember? Oh, uh, sorry. I want to say it was last week you asked about those things on the, in the shoulder pockets of the Imperial officers. Hmm. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh, wait, did I? I don't remember. Yeah, those are those are code cylinders. So, Reef took the code cylinder from the from the guy that Kara put to sleep. Ah. And so they, and so when they're walking through yet another hallway, I, I got the distinct impression that the audio coming from the stormtroopers is just like recycled from the, you know the the, <laughs> the last nine movies and so they're just like oh nobody's gonna tell the difference we'll just use the you know this audio that uh you know has been there for the last 50 years and whatever and we'll just use that because like when they get back up to the uh to the dock you hear that there there they are blast them what and the i'm pretty sure that pretty sure that came from episode four but maybe that's just me so you're trying to say all the dialogue is just recycled? The stormtrooper dialogue. Well, there's only been one wind hell scream in the whole thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't even really a Wilhelm scream. No, there was. In the, like an in exact old... Wilhelm? Yes. It was in the... What was it? Um, Return of the Jedi? I want to say... Something like that. But yeah, so to me at least, it seems like some of that stormtrooper dialogue is just recycled dialogue from other stuff. But anyways, so so they're going once again to find a shield generator to turn it off. So because the the base uses geothermal heat because there's like a lava flow nearby. So they Yeah, so they deactivate the shield, and of course, it's Fish Guy doing it. He's complaining every step of the way. Mm. Of course. Well, to be fair, he's not like like these are all like these are all like important NPCs, so they're immortal. He's not. He he is the red shirt in this group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor red shirts. We hardly knew. But yeah, so so they get that. 
they're trying to get back out the way they came, but there's more stormtroopers there, you know, I guess because someone triggered an alarm. They go the other way, and here's where they come across a laboratory, and there's two Imperial scientists trying to purge the, the hard drives, and they see them coming in, and then the one tells the other, just shoot them, so they start blasting the screens unsuccessfully because uh, they both get killed. Now, I'm sure it'll, it'll be probably explained in more detail later, but uh, when, for, for being, you know, an NPC, Fish Guy sure seems to, to know a lot. Like, he can, you know, um, pull back out the, the, uh, the white data and, and all that good stuff. Um, so they it seems pull to up be a, very tech savvy. Yes, a lot of these NPCs seem to be very tech savvy, but I guess that's just a Star Wars thing. So yeah. he pulls up a he pulls up a video message to Gideon, and it was I I, I had to chuckle because uh, they're evidently experimenting on trying to make force wielders. And, and I chuckled because the, the scientist guy was like, uh, he, he used the term M count instead of midichlorian, which any Star Wars fan who knows fucking hated that shit from the Phantom Menace. No, but they're never going to stop it. It's going to be midichlorians from now until the end, baby. Yeah, they basically make Stoke. They still it's do what? It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then, and then, did I did I ever tell you guys that they did the same thing for say uh, for Super Saiyans? Depending on how high your Saiyan cell count is, is what determines on whether you can become a Super Saiyan or not. And the more S cells you have, the uh, the quicker you could become a Super Saiyan, and the more powerful of a Super Saiyan you can be. Let me guess, Goku's was off the chart. Goku's and Vegeta's are off the charts. And it also explains why Gohan, Goten, and Trunks are so powerful because they have like really high S cell counts because they're half human. Right. It's so... the dumbest shit in the world. It is yeah. so bad. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing is I'm if, if I'm if I'm correct in my assumption that the Empire is trying to mass produce force wielders, which ain't a, ain't a good thing. It never is. If you can imagine a, a battalion of stormtroopers able to force choke people, not 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 a good not a good happy thought. You mean yeah, a battalion of stormtroopers? Well, yeah, but the only person they'll ever force choke are just normal civilians because those are the only things that they're stronger than. <laughs> Unless they get force power. No, but no, even then. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll, they'll try to throw a force choke but end up force choking themselves because stormtroopers can't hit shit unless it's a black dude. Roll to one. Like it's <laughs> they have a negative fifteen to all their rolls. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so once they they get that information, um, 
uh, Dune splits off from the group to go back to the to the village because that's where Baby Yoda's at. And there's already more than just a skeleton crew of Empire troops there, so they they split off. Um, here we go. So uh, the other three get back to the deck or to the dock, but they get pinned down by there. They are Blastem guy. And here's where the foreshadowing become is uh, key because Kara's or Kara's like you know cover me. She goes and gets in the Marauder and fires it up, and they use that to escape. Um, unfortunately, um, taking out Fish Fish Guy Speeder at the same time. <sighs> and so, for for being a skeleton crew, I'm surprised they had. Three uh, speeder stormtroopers there, so that we have the the ravine chase, and um, grief man grief mans the the cannon on the back, and tells um, Kara or Kara to take evasive action, mm. to which I wrote down, uh, can't really take evasive action in a ravine, can you? Yeah, was I the only one that was looking at that entire chase scene and being like, dude? All you have to do is put your sights in the... It, I'm like, dude, it's a fucking ravine. All you have to do is put your sights in the middle and then wait for them to go in front of your crosshairs. This isn't rocket science. What are you doing? And then you notice at the end of the, at the, end of the chase, when he finally shoots one down, it's because he aimed down the middle of the fucking ravine. And I'm like, <laughs> why was that so hard to figure out? <laughs> right, so, so the three the three troopers on the on the speeder bikes, one of them gets blasted by the the cannon. Then the other two split and go to the sides of the of the marauder. One climbs up, the other gets crushed. Unfortunately, you know, sadly crushed because car is like, all right, nope, not not today. But then the third one's up there and. It, you get the impression that uh, fish guy and grief can hear noises. Well, this uh, stormtrooper pulls out. Well, a that thermal is kind of how sound works. Well, yeah, but <laughs> with that big ass lumbering thing, lumbering, you know, quite lumberingly like, I'm surprised they heard footsteps on the roof. But that's how the story. That's how the shows goes. So he. Activates a thermal detonator. Grief turns the cannon around to, you know, to the front. Sees the guy and blasts him to pieces. And then once again, um, for such a skeleton crew, four Tie Fighters um, take off from the base to attack the uh, to try to to gun him down. Well, that's when Grief starts trying to shoot the the edges of the ravine, I guess, to get the rocks to fall on them doesn't really work out all that well until he, like Gerald said, put it in the center. And then once the TIE fighter got into the crosshairs, shot him. Knocked him out of the sky, but also the TIE fighter plowed into the back of the um, rotter so they don't have a weapon anymore. And, okay, so uh, 
I'm going to ask you this, Gerald. Is it just me, or did it seem like plot armor that the Razor Crest was fixed just in time to take on the TIE Fighters when they got back to the village? Yeah, I, I'll i agree with you there. Like, that thing was so beaten up, and then it had... Be- like, they had... They literally fixed it to brand new status within the time it took them to leave the ship, drop Baby Yoda off at the daycare center, go do their mission, and then him fly back. Like a couple of hours. We have no concept of time in this universe. This could have been months. Dude, it was a couple of hours. No, no. I see what you're doing, Julie, and I'm not. No, no, I'm not standing for it. That was bullshit. That was. They fixed up that ship. Like, like replayed it the out. Like it literally looks and seems to function like it's brand. They fixed everything in hours. Thank God for interchangeable parts, right? Apparently. I mean, you know, what would have happened if they'd had to fabricate all the pieces? That that would have taken like an extra hour. Oh, what you what you don't forget, you have to remember, dude, these ships are old, man. There's so many other ships that have somewhat the same layout. You just you know, it's plug and play, dog. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Thank God for interchangeable parts, because if they had had to fabricated something, that would have you know taken like an extra ten minutes. And then you know what would have happened when the Marauder came, you know, rushing back to the village, and there's no no Razor Crest to to take out the Tie Fighters. It was so stupid. And then the next one, so then takes two of them. So there's just the one Tie Fighter left, and they're going head to head. So evidently, barrel rolls can counter TIE Fighter fire because, you know, he just, like, what was that? Flappy the Frog from fucking Star Fox? Yeah. Barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. To be fair. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Well, to be fair, I will give it to Den because Den has already shown that not only is he an excellent pilot when it comes to his ship, he knows exactly what his ship is capable of. Like, he knows that goddamn thing. Like, his experience flying his ship is impeccable. I'm willing to give that to them. Uh, I'm trying to remember back. Okay. This is the episode where they go to the... Okay, so that hasn't happened yet. I'll keep my mouth yeah. shut. There's a couple episodes later <laughs> where an iconic spaceship does an attack that is worth the price of admission of the whole season. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, you keep that shit to yourself, so, Chewie. I'm, I'm not saying <laughs> anything. <laughs> and, and definitely don't say anything about the cameo for the last episode. I want to. I want to hear Gerald's reaction to that shit. I'm sure. I'm assuming it's not Ahsoka Tano then. The last episode? Oh, no, no. no. Yeah, last. I don't oh. know. Yeah, uh, I want to. I want to hear your reaction when you see it. Okay. I, I, I've seen part of it already, but that's because I unfortunately partake of social media. Are you so expecting my reaction to be bullshit? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Chewie is. I, I just want to hear your reaction. 
So back back to the point at hand. So evidently barrel rolls can counter um, TIE fighter fire when you're going head to head. And of course, you know, he doing the barrel roll, barrel roll, barrel roll, triggers and TIE fighter blows up and then baby Yoda pukes. <laughs> Which I thought was weird because Baby Yoda was just like, wee the entire time he was doing all those maneuvers, didn't seem to be having a problem. And then all of a sudden, he just out of nowhere pukes. He has like, reached his Ginkai. He, he has reached his limit. It's like, yeah, but most people who puke after a ride aren't enjoying the ride while the ride is happening because their stomach is rolling. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> To, to each their own, I guess. Oh, so, I guess. God, I wish they would just put this movie out already. I'm tired of seeing trailers for it. Oh, uh, what? Top Gun. Oh, okay. I've been hearing about that. <clears throat> Top Gun. Oh, God, they're bringing Top Wife Gun. Out back? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, they're bringing everything back in the course of trying to make some money off of Nostalgia. They don't want to. Mm. They they don't want to delve into the realm of you know something new and interesting. Well, the reason why and they that's... canceled the show is so many people got hurt on it. Uh, wait, wait. Is Wipeout a movie or a? Uh... Uh, it's a fucking a TV, TV show. show. It came on like ten years ago. It was based in California. The Big Red Balls. <clears throat> the obstacle course yeah. of death, where you had people yeah. operating like. You know, the you had to run from one sided obstacle course to the other, but there was like pneumatic punching bags and fists and shit that somebody off camera was operating, and you had to sign a fucking waiver to get on the show. If said if you were injured in the process of the show, you could not sue the show. They had several yeah, people. I think like I know what blow you're... their knees out, hyperextend their back. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. I just don't think I ever watched the show. Yeah, it came from Great Britain. Ah, well, that explains a lot too. I would have, ex- I would have expected either. I would have expected like China or Japan because they do shit like that. Uh, uh, Takashi's Castle is is one of them. Like they, like they would air. Epi- I think it was on Spike. They would air episodes of Takashi's Castle, but dub it in English. So, like the the two. Uh, Oh, what's the the two game show hosts kind of were playing off each other as one as being stupid or some shit? But yeah, I know what you was talking about. So, anyways, so grief offers Din a drink. Din's like, nope, I gotta get going. Got this baby to deliver to Ahsoka Tano, and takes off. So the the. Uh, the episode ends with that same New Republic pilot showing up and asking about what happened and asking about the Razor Crest. And he was like, I said nothing about the Razor Crest. You know, it was just taken care of. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he was so being the most we... standoffish witness ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ain't seen nothing. So the pilot leaves, and then he uh, starts trying to butter up Kara to join the, the New Republic. And she's like, I ain't a joiner. And then he's like, yeah, your file says you're from Alderaan. Did you lose anybody? I lost everybody. 
Yeah. And now we'll never get that story because Disney is stupid and is a bunch of archaic old men who don't understand how to read the goddamn room. <laughs> now, so the, this pilot puts down like a, a Pentagon-shaped thing. I'm guessing it's like Star Wars' version of a, of a metal and then and then takes off and then and uh you know he disappears so we go to i I don't know if it's the last star destroyer in the galaxy but we go to the star destroyer where gideon's at and there's a a young i'm assuming female imperial officer getting a message from the super suspect red alien saying that they planted a tracking device on the razor crest Mm-hmm. So she she goes and relays the message to Gideon, and uh, it's like, "Sir, the tracking beacon's been planted as ordered. Is the asset still with him? Yes, sir. Visual confirmation." And then we get a first look at these giant black, super destructive battle droids. I'm guessing that they're going to have to deal with later in the in the season. Yeah. That's it for no the dark troopers. Yeah. Now, are they like a thing, or is this something new to the show? I don't know. As I said before, I don't know a lot about Star Wars lore. Like I I know like the basics, but but this is kind of the first like in depth. You actually want to see what they can do on film. Uh, They're kind of a new iteration from Rogue. One, the Death Troopers that walked around with what's his name? Uh, one of the moths, right? Yeah, the guy that shows up another... on the planet to take what's his name off planet and winds up killing everybody. Vader yeah. makes a joke about don't choke on your ambitions and force chokes him, whatever his name was. <laughs> yeah, those were still. I believe in that iteration. Well, I am. I need to shut up, or I'm going to give out a spoiler. Never mind. I, I refuse oh, to speak. <laughs> well, if I keep talking, so, I will say things about the characters that are the dark troopers in this show that I don't think necessarily have been revealed yet. Gotcha. All right, so thoughts on this episode before we move on? It was fine for what it was. Um, the action was... Well, the action was sparse, and I, I can't say the action was good. And I can't say the action was good because what we got to see of the action was a, was a bit contrived. The fact that... Uh, and I, I don't remember everybody's names here except for Kara's, Den's, and Baby Yoda's. I forget the, uh, the one dude's name. Um, but... Grease? Grief. Grievous. Grief? Grief targets or some no. shit. Grief. G-R-E-E-F. Grief. Oh. Hmm. Weird. Um, but yeah, Grief not being able to hit the TIE Fighters because he wasn't doing the common sense thing of just aiming down the middle and shooting because they have to fly in... They, they literally have to fly in a hallway. You don't have to aim for this. Just put your gun in the middle and then fire when you see the edge of them go through the middle. 
And like it, 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 it isn't hard. Like I, I, that was so contrived to me. Well, it's um, kind of but the it same was thing the other way. You have a thing running away from you in a straight line. Just shoot in front of it. Yeah, like pretty much. Pick it's a like piece in the road, put constant fire there. They'll drive through it. I promise. Yeah, but it was a uh, it was a subdued episode because it was mostly reconnaissance. They tried to give us some action, and I appreciate that. Um, what what I really liked about the episode was when Din comes flying in on the Razor Crest. Uh, barring the fact that them getting it up and running within hours, if not less. Because there's no there's no indication exactly how long they were gone, but I assume a couple of hours. Barring that, um, I thought the 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 uh, combat with the Razor Crest with Den behind the you know Den in the pilot seat was really good. I enjoyed that. Um, other than that, yeah, just a subdued episode. I mean, it it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It was just unfortunately it was just middle of the road. Mm. Um, Indeed. If we get Moth Gideon and Din fighting, and Moth Gideon pulls out the uh, the black lightsaber, dark that'll saber. be good. The dark saber, yeah. Uh, if that happens this season, I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Well, probably, the... probably more than anything, Bo Katan trying to get it back because that's like her birthright or some shit. Yeah, I just want to see a fight with it. That's all I'm looking for. Mm. See and see how that works out. Right. Uh, so, Chewy, this you can at least spoil for us. Are they still going to be using plot armor? Uh, for whom? Anything. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Everybody knows Ahsoka shows up in this, right? Yeah, it's okay. it's been spoiled all over media. I think the next episode... <sighs> so he's already done the whole... He's, Bo-Katan's already showed up in here, right? Yes. Okay, so I'm not spoiling any of that. Um... Uh, I don't remember any super plot armory spots. There is one that I don't really agree with, but it's like two episodes away from here. And it has a lot to do with the way and basically the way dies this season. Because if you've noticed, right, if you've noticed everywhere in the season, they keep showing people who are Mandalorians taking their helmet off. Yeah, and you remember the the fucking bullshit drama <laughs> for your mama about you know Pascal's bitching about wearing the helmet and all this other shit. And that he's a child of the Watch, right? Which I I went into last week because yeah. uh, Death Watch was a thing in. Clones. Yeah, they're like super orthodox fucking Mandalorians that go under the code of whenever Mandalorians go to war, they don't take their helmets off because they're all they're just Mandalore. They're Mandal. They're, there's no when they're in a fighting war, there's no factions. They're just Mandalore. 
and his particular group that found him fall underneath that super religious dichotomy of we're not anything else but Mandalore. And all the other Mandalorians are like, yeah, fuck that. I like to take this thing off and get some pussy. But yeah. Mm-hmm. The plot armor is not that bad. There is one episode toward the end that's kind of contrived with involving the dark saber, but all in all it gets better. I wish they'd taken the first like four episodes of this and thrown them in the trash because they really don't do anything for the show. In my opinion, (laughs) they don't push anything. They're, They're fucking filler. That's all they are. Wonderful. But after you get Already. past a certain point, once you get back about once you get to Ahsoka, everything picks up. It starts having a purpose. Things move faster. There's more of a deliberance to the show, and you get a lot of interesting ideas of characters and interesting retakes on old characters which will then turn into something at the very end of the end of the show which will be interesting mm. Yeah, the after credit scene at the end of the last episode is very nice alright well let us uh, mosey on over to episode 9 of Hannibal since I did most of the talking like uh, last week, Gerald, you go ahead and uh, and talk, and uh, we'll interrupt with with bits. Eh, there's not really so. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Hold on. All right. So this episode of the Hannibals. Um, there's not a lot really to talk about. They're just there are main points. We basically they run into a killer who has been killing for years. And he's been killing the bodies and covering them up as either accidents or natural deaths. And then he in the beginning of the episode, he has dug them up and turned them into this totem effigy. And he put one body on top. And we'll surmise that the first victim and the last victim were somehow connected. And so they they do some digging, and it's not until later in the episode you, you they confront him because they do find the killer and they confront him, and he's an old man. He's actually being played by uh, who is he being played by, David? Lance Emrickson. Lance Emrickson. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's being played by Lance Emrickson, and it turns out that the first killing he did was a crime of passion. It was a guy that the girl he was involved with chose to stay with apparently so he ended up so he killed the guy and she had been pregnant at the time and so the guy at the top of the pole he killed because it was the son of the man she left him for only to find out that no that was not the case the last guy he killed was actually his son who she had been pregnant with before she left him and raised as the other guy's son so he, the whole thing was him building a legacy, and he actually killed his own son. Um, 
The other main parts was that Will has, as we've been seeing, getting his mental state has been more and more deteriorating. Um, and he had another uh, confront, not a confrontation, but he had another uh, encounter with Doctor Bloom. I can't think of the correct word, but he he talked to Doctor Bloom again, basically. Um, and she, you know, was just honest with him about her feelings that she was interested in him, and that's why I said before in the last episode, she rejected him. She just turned him down because she knew it was a bad idea. And in this episode, they have another conversation where she basically tells him exactly what she thinks. And she's like, yeah, I have one foot in and one foot out. One foot. Are we back? We're back. And uh, for a second there, I thought we were going to have that issue like we had a couple weeks ago, but the audio was uh, processed. So we still have that. bit. Yeah. Um, what was the last thing everybody heard? Well, you would you'd ask me about the the killer, and uh, the actor's name is Lance Henriksen. He was in the Alien movies as Bishop. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we find out that the last guy he killed was actually his son. That the woman he was uh, he was involved with left him without telling him that she was pregnant. Um, and he thought it was the other guy's son. So that's why the first was a crime of passion. He killed the man that she, that uh, the woman he was involved with left him for. And then he killed his son thinking it was the son of the man, but it was actually his son. So while he was trying to, con, uh, to secure his legacy in infamy, he ended up destroying his legacy. Um, and, uh, what one of the things that they uh one of what will had said is that you're trying to ensure your legacy but your la your actual legacy is that the last thing you did for your son was to destroy him and something along those lines then he has another conversation with dr bloom um and in the last episode we talked about how they had kissed and how it wasn't that she rejected him she turned him down because she knew it was bad for both of them so this conversation was about how uh how she really felt about it she was being honest with him and she was like i have one foot in and one foot out she did really care for will but she also thought he was very unstable and she asked him up front do you feel stable and he was like no <laughs> and uh and they, they keep using the word affair. Like, that was a running thing throughout the episode where they kept using the word affair. And he was like, why don't we, why, she was like, I can't have an affair with you. And I'm like, is Dr. Bloom married? Dr. Bloom's not married, is she? And Will's not. And Hannibal's not. So why does everyone keep going an affair? Mm-hmm. Like, is it is this just, you know, smart people using a smart word for just you know, having an intimate relationship because they could have just said relationship. Why do they keep referring to it as an affair? I keep thinking that that's important for some reason. Mm, I, <laughs> I, I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So um, then we move on. They've already caught the killer for the case, like in the first 10 to 15 minutes of the show. We have that interaction with Bloom. He talks to Jack, and Jack is like, 
Like, he's literally telling Jack he's not okay, and Jack is like, well, I need to know if you're okay. Are you okay? And I'm like, Jack, you know he's not okay. You know you need to pull him out. What are you fucking doing? And Will's like, nah, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And like, it, it, just from the things that they've said to each other, it is very obvious that Will is falling the fuck apart at this point. He is just falling apart now. There, there's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. He's he's not teetering over the edge. He's in that few seconds as he starts falling over the edge. And Jack and other people are there, and they have the couple of seconds to reach out and grab him, and no one's doing it. <laughs> so we're literally in that point where he is falling over the edge. And He's like he and he and while he's falling over the edge, he's like, "No, nah, I'm fine. I got it." And everybody's like, "Okay." <laughs> it's just like, uh, but um, so that happened, um, and then we get to I guess the meat of the episode, which oh, is bye, yep, bye, Jerry. Uh, we get to like the meat of the episode, which is Abby Abigail is reintroduced, um, and uh, they find the one guy's body who she stabbed, and th- there was this big thing in the episode where she stabbed the the brother of one of the girls that was killed by her father. There was this big thing. And it was like, no, it was in self-defense. He's like, well, they're not going to think so. He was gutted. And then they pull up his body and it's like, this guy was gutted. It's a murder. And I'm like, he literally threw her against the wall by her throat. I would have stabbed him too. That was pretty, that that was as self-defense as you can get. (laughs) Like, that was as self-defense as you can get without him having stabbed her first and then her taking the knife from him and then stabbed and killed him. Like, like this never should have been an issue. But um, they found the body. They questioned Abigail. She, she gave her account of the events. Bloom yelled at Jack about it. Um, and the fact that Hannibal had no reason... Well, no. Oh, Jack didn't give a shit, no. But she yelled at him about it and said she had no reason to believe Hannibal lied, which I think that is another point where Jack goes, huh, why would Hannibal lie about it? Like, he he got that look on his face, and he's done it in one of the previous episodes. Uh, He did it in the episode, actually, I think it was the previous episode. And I think it was another episode where he just gave Hannibal that kind of tilting his head to the side kind of look like, hmm. And then in the previous episode, after the, the murder fight, he, uh, he, he, he kind of gave Hannibal that look like, hmm. And now we get it again. When she said that, he kind of takes a look like, hmm. So I think Jack is actually in his head starting to subconsciously put all of the pieces together um but he hasn't consciously recognized what he's what he's working on right subconsciously he's putting the piece together but he hasn't recognized it consciously yet um then we get to the part where uh Bill and uh, where Abigail is talking to the sleazy reporter again 
and she wants to tell Abigail's story. She wants to help Abigail write a book about everything that was going on. Abigail is tired of people, you know, accusing her of helping her father and looking at her like a criminal. And they took her house and all of her assets because the parents of the dead girls have filed a wrongful death suit. And uh, so she really has nothing, but she could set herself up really well if she writes out her if she makes a book of everything that was going on and whatnot. Um and then uh, Han- Hannibal and Will talk to her. She's like, "Well, I, di- I didn't. You know, I don't need your permission for this." And you know, they talk about all the reasons why she shouldn't do it, and she's talking about the reasons why she should do it. And Hannibal gives off those sort of cryptic, that sort of cryptic wisdom that he always does, where he's like, "Well, you know, once you open this door, you can't control what comes through it." Um, and so he invites. Uh, the reporter and Abigail over for dinner with Will and himself. And they all have dinner and they're talking about it. Um, and Will makes it absolutely clear he has disdain for the reporter, which I love because I also hate that fucking horrible bitch. Um, <laughs> so I trust her. Oh, and don't, don't forget. Yeah, don't forget. I'm, I'm trying to find it in my notes. Um, yeah, we're. <clears throat> So don't forget when uh, when we're at that dinner scene, Hannibal puts down just a salad. He was like, I wasn't aware that you were a vegetarian. And then later she's like, you know, this salad is delicious. It's a shame you ruined it with meat. And I was like, fuck you, Freddie. Meat is delicious. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I, that's, see, that's the mentality that's always weird to me about, veg, about these ex, the extreme vegetarians like her. That they go, it's a shame to mess. It's a shame to mess it up with meat, and it's like you do know it is very natural to eat meat. Just because you choose not to does not make some disgusting or horrible act. It is very natural for animals to eat meat. Humans yeah. are omnivores for a fucking reason. It is because it helped us to. It kind of is a double-edged sword for humans because it doesn't mean that we can subsist off of just one or the other, really. It means we do need both to keep a healthy, balanced body. But at the same time, you know, you, you're, we're meant to – it's a natural thing to eat meat and vegetables. I don't look at a person who's like, I'm a vegetarian, only eat vegetables, and go, oh, that's disgusting. It's a, it would be a shame to mess up this amazing steak with some collard greens or some lettuce. <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> like, I'm like, why do people act like that? I don't understand. If you just want to eat vegetables because you don't like the thought of eating an, another animal, that is fine. But do that if you don't like eating a living thing, plants are still living things. It's the culture of being right. <laughs> like, it's just, it is such a two-faced, um, passive-aggressive thing, and it's so dumb to me. It like, <sighs> and I also think it kind of plays in, and this is just my opinion kind of plays into the I'm better than you because XYZ mentality. Well, yeah. Well, well that's because I am better than the, you. The human race on average has a real a real big inferiority complex. And I'm pretty sure I've said that before. But yeah, just, 
the human race as a whole, on average, has just the worst inferiority complex. Um, do you know why? But anyway, it, and because we're dumb. No, it's because we can't. <laughs> nature's parameters. We had to go outside of it to become the top of the food chain. So we're actually surrounded, survives. Eh, I feel like what we actually did is we traded something off for something else, and I don't think we made a bad trade. We traded <laughs> claws and strength and speed and senses for the ability to reason and think and create. I don't think that that I do not think we made the wrong decision, but I do think we look at the things we gave up, wish we had it, and so we get really pissed off that we had to trade. And it's like, look, motherfucker, nature didn't deceive you. It gave you an option. You chose one. Stop being an asshole about it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) like you didn't get swindled. You got something really good for what you gave up. So accept that you made a decision and move the fuck on. (laughs) Um, But, But Gerald, my feelings and my emotions, though. It's like, and in in my frustration, I in my frustration, my answer to that is fuck your feelings and emotions. Just just brass tacks. <laughs> fuck your feelings and emotions. In my frustration, that is my answer to that. In a in a more objective view of it, I understand. But there's no change in it now, you know, until we get to the point where we can genetically alter ourselves however we want to. Then people will probably be swimming through the galactic ether of space as giant squids. But until that day happens, you're just going to have to suck it up and deal. <laughs> mm. um, but anyway, so we have the dinner scene. And after dinner, Abigail is helping Hannibal with the dishes. Um, and we find out that, yes, she was helping her father commit the murders. In fact, not only was she helping him, she was the bait. He would pick out a girl. She would go and talk and make friends with that girl, find out their daily routines uh, when there were times when she would be on her own. And then once they were ready, her dad would, of course, pick the girl, would kidnap the girl, and then they'd cut them up and do the thing with the thing and the thing and eat them. So she was very highly aware, but she was repressing it. Um, mm. And I, I don't I, like, I don't know if I called it, but I, I think in the episode, the second episode, when Bloom is talking to Abigail and the way she's talking and she's very pragmatic, I was like, I could see that, yeah, she did it. I, I could absolutely see that, yeah, she was helping her father do it. Um, but I couldn't be sure. Um, but we get confirmation of it in this episode. Um, then Will, uh, once he's alone with the body of the brother of one of the victims, goes into his trance where he's looking at it from the killer's point of view and realizes it was Abigail that killed the guy. So he immediately goes to visit Hannibal. And he confronts Hannibal about it. He's like, did you know? Did you lie about it? And Hannibal just told him the truth. He's like, yeah, uh, like she did kill him and I helped her hide the body. And he's like, well, apparently you didn't, ha- you didn't hide it well enough because you're sitting in the fucking morgue right now. <laughs> and uh, there's this moment 
where there's this moment where Hannibal runs his hands over like one of because uh, he he does artwork and I think it's like a paper cutter, but it looks kind of like a scalpel. It was a scalpel. Oh, it, it was, was just a scalpel. a scalpel. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he runs yep. his hands over it, and you can see he's contemplating just killing Will right then and there. Um, but he decides not to, and it's obvious that he decides instead to manipulate Will's guilt over having killed Abigail's father, and his and manipulate his feelings over his kind of attachment to Abigail to talk him into not revealing the secret. So all three of them now have the secret. Um, so Will does know. And even so, it was still in self-defense. That's the thing. The only, the only real issue here is that they hid the body, right? Instead of just being like, no, it was self-defense, he attacked her. Um, it's just the fact that they hid the body. That's really the biggest crime here. She didn't actually do any, like, for for us finding out that she was helping her father kill those girls, this is the one time she killed somebody, and it literally was self-defense. It wasn't her fault. It wasn't a malicious act. So it's it, it's it's so weird that they did it. Like, it's not weird. It's It's kind of ironic that they did it that way, that she spent all this time with her dad killing these girls, but the one time she kills completely of her own accord it is in self-defense and completely warranted but since it wouldn't be seen that way they had they felt they had to hide it that's just ironic to me <laughs> um so and that's basically where our show leaves off where will and hannibal or hannibal has put it into will's head that they are now her fathers and they have to protect her um, and there is a point in time when Hannibal confronts Abigail and he poses once again that cryptic message of you betrayed my trust. And if I feel like I can't trust you, Abigail, what am I supposed to do? And we all know that tone of voice. <laughs> That's the bitch I will eat you voice. <laughs> um, I will have her for dinner with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. So, so basically, that was the episode. Uh, another good episode. Um, it could have used a murder fight. Uh, <laughs> it could have, instead of Will, if he had brought Hannibal with him, and then uh, Lance, Lance's character had uh, jumped up with a poker or something, and we got another murder fight. Get, that would have been great. Um, it, 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 I, I feel like could have used a murder fight. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good episode. Good episode. So don't forget the uh, <clears throat> at the start of the episode when she's having the that long ass nightmare where she's in finally in group therapy, but then like all the uh, the other patients turn into girls that she helped kill, and they were all like. If he had killed, just killed you instead, I'd still be alive, and I'd still be alive. And then the uh, the guy that she killed, like, was the last part of the dream. Is like, yeah, and if if he just killed you, I'd still be alive. That was kind of trippy, mind fucky. 
stuff there too. Yeah, but it's like it's that age old question: Do you kill the one to save the many? It's they 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 portrayed it actually really well. They just did the age old question: Do you kill the one to save the many? I guess we'll never know. Something's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other thoughts on Hannibal, uh, Gerald, or Chewie? Mm. Uh, not for me. Just waiting to see how things turn Everybody. out. It seems I, I don't know if Hannibal gets caught in this series. I assume he does. Um, to sort of set up for the... Uh, to sort of set up for the movie. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but it does feel like Jack is starting to figure it out. So. And there's, what, three seasons of this show? Are there three seasons? I think so. It's not just the one season. I can tell you that much. Which is uh, why, like, when we initially started it, I was like, well, this... This show is this long, so how you know how are they get, how is Hannibal going to be able to hide himself today. for this long? And not be nah. we'll, find out. <clears throat> well, you can already see the cracks are starting. Like the cracks are oh. absolutely starting. You can already you see the cracks. Like three well, yeah, like, and, and well, I, when I said the cracks before, I meant the cracks in the narrative, but you can already see where the pieces are falling in the place for Hannibal to get caught. Like they're, right. they're, they're already setting it up. Like there, there have been mistakes he has made. There have been uh, little things that Jack is starting to notice. Will finding out about Abigail. Will even had a tilt his head moment. When uh, uh, when Hannibal was in the uh, ambulance working on the one patient during that episode, where it was an am- where it was an AMT who was killing people, so even he kind of had that moment. So you can absolutely see where stuff is happening, where it's like, yeah, it looks like uh, it, they are setting it up. I just don't know if it's gonna. If there's three seasons of it, then it isn't going to happen this season. But I see where it's uh, I see where it's trying to go. Mm. Indeed. All right, Chewie. Now that you're back, any any final any thoughts on Hannibal? I really enjoy listening to y'all talk about it. I've never watched it, so no. Main reason I just listen to y'all talk about it. Mm. <laughs> I watch it vicariously mm. through your All description. Right. <laughs> I suggest watching it. It's on if you like psychological thrillers, it's a good show. Well, I like the lead actor a lot. Yeah. Mads Mickelson. He's really good at what he does. He's very underused in the last couple things he's been in on the big screen, so I don't think they were the right roles for him in all honesty. I, I think like he does much better as a Hannibal like villain. He he just really does. Well, I don't think they gave um, him enough all the story. other roles that they've had him in. Well, I just... don't think they gave him enough room in like the uh, 
brain shutting down Marvel Universe Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. He was just a no, generic wait, wait. villain in that movie. Who was he in? He oh, was the guy yeah, leading yeah, yeah, the rogue yeah. sorcerers. Yeah, that's my yeah. exact point. Or, they they didn't just in any room in that yeah, movie, yeah. so you don't even remember he was in it. And he's such a commanding presence when he's yeah. on screen. If you give him the role to do so, like he honestly should have been Baron Mordo, not the guy they got to do it. Like, sure I think he, I think he would have been much Chip. better as Baron. Oh, I, I really want to say yeah, something Chip very will. mean right now, but I'm not going to. Oh, why? Uh, this is racist. Oh, well, just say diversity it. hires are. We bitch. can always edit it out and post. Uh, yeah. To be <laughs> fair, it's odd because of all the other. Because of all the other roles you see that character in, yeah, that is actually quite odd, isn't it? I enjoyed the guy who played the uh, Mordo role. Always hated. That's one thing I've always hated about the Doctor Strange continuity is you have two bad guys that almost have the exact same name. It's like getting Sauron and Saruman confused in Lord of the Rings. Mordo and Dumamu. Well, to be fair, Chip, uh, uh, I know his first name is Chitwell. It's like Chitwell IO4 or something. He does, he's always played a, a good villain because he was the villain in mm-hmm. Serenity. Uh, and then he's villain in this. Or in he's a Doctor great Strange. actor. I'm not saying he didn't have the chops to in. do the role. I'm just saying I was making a bad joke. Hmm. Well, I guess lucky for me, I, I didn't hear it because uh, feedback yes. or something. I was saying <laughs> he was a diversity hire for that part. Uh, uh, don't, don't get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mean, he might have been. I mean, they have. I mean, it's just a fact that they have been doing it. That like they've just been doing it. So it, I. I mean, and don't get me wrong, the actor who plays Baron Mordo is a good actor, but when I saw him as Baron Mordo, I was like, this is not one of his typical roles. And I didn't feel like he was actually a good Baron Mordo. Like, he didn't do bad at it. Like, I'm not saying he did bad as as the part, but it was like, that's just an odd pick for that part. Um... Well, they went in a different direction from the character of the I comic know, book. I, I mean, the more the more Barry Mordo in this one is much more eloquent than he is in the comics. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, I don't know, he doesn't have the same presence as the Baron Mordo in the comics, right? Like, I get what they were they were doing it as sort of uh, his transition into evil, but it was just like, hmm, I don't know. This, I don't know. He wasn't, I guess he wasn't, uh, he didn't have the feel of a villain. As much as they wanted him to, he just didn't have the feel of a villain. Well, I think what they did, I don't know how else to say it. What they did wrong is they they didn't transition him well. He was good, 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 good up to the last 10 minutes of the movie, and then he went, oh, 
too many sorcerers. I must take everyone's power. Sorcerer bad. Smash her. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Sorcerers are ruining our society. We need to make sorcerers great again. <laughs> that that honestly, to be fair, that is is that uh, honestly that is Baron Mordo's whole thing. It's like uh, need to make sorcerers great again. That's literally his whole thing. Yeah, really, that's how he becomes a bitch of Dormammu. <laughs> Uh, I'm starting to think All Trump right. is just a comic book villain because he has a lot. Well, hopefully, we don't we don't have to worry about him anymore. Oh, I wouldn't say that just because he's not in the presidency. Like he was a problem before he became president. He was just a he was just a problem that was more in the public eye when he was a president. Yeah, though he won't be causing problems on like a national scale anymore. So I will give you that. Uh, it all depends on whether or not he can find enough idiots to fund his uh, independent political party. And I really hope he does it. Because if he does it, it's going to knock the wind out of the Republican Party and almost guarantee in the next midterm or the election, wherever it comes up in, a Democratic wave over the entire Senate and House. I thought they had no, that already. 50-50 split. They had the majority because they had As the vice president to be. who is the president of the Senate. That's the only that's the only but it's a fifty fifty power split right now with Kamala's the deciding tie out tie vote. But since the filibuster is still in place, it doesn't matter because any major legislation requires a sixty some odd percent supermajority and not what democracy was actually built on, which was just whoever has the majority votes wins. We have to be super now. Super. Yeah. Um, this entire thing, like with the attack on the Capitol, con it, it, on the attack on Congress, like it was, and then with everything going on with uh, BLM and the riots and just uh, violence escalating. Um, I, I was listening to a, another podcast and they brought up, is it better to have a completely corrupted democracy or a benevolent autocracy? Which, you know, which form of it is like just saying, well, we should have democracy because de because you think democracy is the best system is, in my opinion, not an educated answer. Because a corrupted democracy is horrible. And it's just as bad as any other bad form of government system. that Any other form of governmental system that you think is bad, it's just as bad. Um, and a benevolent autocracy is... Hmm? Oh, well, yeah. but And a benevolent autocracy is just as good as any good system of government like a benevolent democracy. Uh, I would I don't even know if the ideal is a benevolent democracy. I feel like any form of government, if the government is full of benevolent people who are doing what is in the best interest of their people, I feel like that's just a well, good government. If they're doing what's in the best interest of their people, that's, is that but not a good government? Thing. A benevolent autocraticism 
mainly will basically they're the uh, this is really going to get me a lot of shit basically it's the republican idealism where you help out the wealthiest ones in the world and they will take pity on the ones below them and then you know find out ways to help the younger and the underprivileged so we must prop up the rich fucker to help the little fucker which is basic autocratic yeah but that's basically what we're doing now yeah that's what i'm saying it but that's literally what I is know. happening now. That's what trickle down economics. It's been happening is. since the eighties. <laughs> the Republican Party has been moving more and more and more every decade. Oop, you still there, Chewy? I was wondering if we had froze up again. Oh, I think Chewy may have gotten disconnected. Hey, what are you saying, though? <laughs> Can you hear me now? All right. So, uh, since we had the... Yes. 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 <laughs> Love you, too, Unfortunately. <laughs> Basically, all I was saying was the Republicans since the 80s with tripping down their economics has slowly been moving more and more to the right-hand side of the conversation and becoming more and more autocratic than democratic. Uh, only, you know, we have to benefit the highest, you know, echelons of the people. And these people will then take pity on the lower ends and move forward that way. And, you know, we'll still have a functioning country, mm. but it will be more geared towards the super fucking wealthy, which is all autocrats mm. do anyway is enrich themselves and their friends to stay in power. And we have kind of a bastardization form of that with lobbyists. <laughs> we enrich our political friends through political donations and campaign promises to then get further down the line. So they've got to get rid of lobbyists. You should not be able to go somewhere. Hey, I give you $20 million. And so anybody nope. I would talk to Congress, but it has been bastardized into a place of whoever has the most money gets the time. And that's just wrong. Yeah. That's what a lot of lobbyists have been saying too. There have been a lot of lobbyists coming out going, it's just whoever has the biggest bankroll tends to be the ones that get uh yeah. that get priority basically. <laughs> It's the biggest dickest scenario. All right. So, since we've already had a uh, a non-sanctioned break, we'll go ahead and uh, jump into our. No, I'm talking about the. Uh, yeah, I know. App freezing on us. So I'll put the sponsor. I'll put the sponsor break there. So, I'm going to start this off with, uh, Gerald, did you know that there are two innate fears? The fear of death and fire? Two in... <laughs> no. <clears throat> falling uh, and loud noises. I know falling. Uh, I didn't know loud noises. Because uh, falling is one of the most common fears. Uh, Why would we be afraid of loud noises? Right. So, 
um, well, you know, back back during the Mesozoic era when you were just a just a wee toddler, any kind of loud noise would startle you and make you cry, right? That's so not that, having that's, a that's that's not having a fear of a loud kinda, noise. Kinda that's just being scared of shit showing up in the periphery that wasn't there 2.8 seconds ago. It's a fight or flight thing. I don't have to make, I can still scare the shit out of you. Even if well, you're deaf, just by you know, putting my hand in front of your face, if you didn't know I was there, you're going to go. Ah! Well, take, take ah, that up shit. with the scientists who came up with that. <laughs> so our main topic is phobias. And by definition, a phobia is an irrational fear of something. Yeah. And not just like, and and it's an irrational fear to the point of it interfering with living like a, what is considered a normal average life. Like it literally is causing such a problem. You cannot live normal. It'd be debilitating my man. Um, so I've got a I've got a couple articles pulled up. I'm sure Gerald, you've got your your couple articles pulled up. Uh, so nope. Let's go for it. Uh, have, so uh, so we did what a phobia is. They're the most common phobias. I have a list: the ten most common phobias, uh, social phobias, which is probably a given. And that's a fear of social interactions, also known as social anxiety, disorder, social phobias are by far the most common phobia um, therapists see in their clients. Social anxiety disorder makes everyday interactions challenging, stressful, and anxiety-provoking for it, it uh, for its sufferers. Therapy can often be a great help in working towards more confidence. So a lot of phobias, usually therapy can deal with. Um there are also over 400 different phobias, um, and there's almost a phobia for everything you can think of. And that's over 400 is like the ones that are known and like really documented. Um, triophobia is the fear of circle <laughs> clusters. Although this could come off as silly at first, many people have a very real struggle with triophobia. There are many theories of what causes triophobia, most of which point toward human evolution. The image of circle clusters are reminiscent of things we as humans have feared in the past, like infectious diseases and dangerous animals like bees. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Talk about trypophobia. Uh, hmm? Trypophobia? Fear of holes? Uh, no. You said circle clusters. This was circle clusters. So uh, a good example is like the disease one when you would like go into a village and you just see people just dead in circles from uh, a disease that ran through the village. That kind of thing. And most lesionary diseases look um, like spots and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's thanato- uh, thanatophobia, which is the fear of death. Self-explanatory. Uh, there's nosophobia, which is the fear of developing a disease. Although similar to hypo- uh, hypochondria, nosophobia is anxiety about minor symptoms you fear or a more serious condition. And this, I can absolutely understand why it becomes a phobia, because every time you look up symptoms for a common cold, you also find that those 
there are at least six symptoms that are in common with major diseases. <laughs> so you're like, oh God, I have three different diseases. Don't, don't go to WebMD. Yeah. Don't don't be a lieutenant. Bartlett. Yeah. Um, there's arachnophobia, which is the fear of spiders, which is also self-explanatory, but it can get so bad that people will avoid places where they even think spiders could be, like going out at night, bushes, high grass, anywhere they even think a spider could be. So it could even include other people's homes, it, it could include cars, they just won't go near them because they're... and. It is not that it is a fear, because there is a distinct difference between a phobia and a fear. A phobia is not just an irrational fear. It is an irrational response to that fear. Like if you're so like if you have like social uh, the social phobia, you would just lock yourself in your house and never leave your house ever. And you wouldn't talk to people, not even your own family or friends. That's it is an irrational fear. And there's nothing, even if you, and the thing about phobias is even if you understand that it's not an actual threat, it doesn't matter. It is completely irrational and outside of your own control most of the time. So let's see. So you have uh, vehicle phobias as well, which is an actual fear of driving, Uh, often on highways or bridges. Uh, Most who suffer it, uh, involved or usually have been involved in a car accident or have witnessed one, um, which brings up a good segue is phobias can actually be garnered not through past traumas or your own experiences. They can actually be garnered from someone else who has that phobia. So if your mom or your dad has a phobia, you might have gotten that phobia from them because you saw how scared they were of what they had a phobia of. Uh, claustrophobia, which is the, hmm? I think I saw conflicting information on that, that you can inherit phobias. Well, there's one saying that you can genetically inherit a phobia from like a ancestor who had a fear of something that's iffy to me. I feel like that's, mm, I feel like that one's kind of iffy. Like, I could see you gaining a phobia because, like, if your mom or your dad sees a spider or a lizard or a snake and they're like, and they just flip the fuck out because you're a child. So you count on your parents to be your protectors. So if there's something that scares your protector, just instinctively, you're like, oh, that thing is dangerous and scary and I should never go near it because the thing that protects me even won't fuck with that. So... I can understand that logic of thinking, but well, you might be genetically predisposed to be terrified of shoes. That's weird. That's that's iffy. Because there is a phobia where people are terrified of shoes. That is a phobia as well. <laughs> you can have a phobia for literally anything. Uh, there are people who have phobias of their own bodies, like of their like of their feet, of their hands. They're terrified of it. Can't, can't, can't figure. Don't know what to do about it. Um, I'm waiting. I, I couldn't find it, but I'm pretty sure there's someone who has a phobia of grass, and that has got to be. Can you imagine 
being irrationally terrified. <laughs> well, there's agoraphobics that are just afraid of outside. Yeah, there, there, there are people who are just afraid at the outside. So grass would work too. <laughs> That's got to be like starring yeah. in your. But but grass specifically, like especially if you live in like a state like Tennessee or Kentucky, like bluegrass states where grass is a fucking sport. Um, that's got to be like be like starring in your own personal zombie movie because it's everywhere and you're just trapped in your house. That's got to be terrible. Like, geez, that's got to be terrible. Um. There is aerophobia, which is fear of flying, which I feel like is self-explanatory. Um, now, we also have really rare phobias. So these are some of the rarest phobias in the world. There's panophobia, and that is... Which is a fear of everything. Yeah, which is just a fear of everything. Everything terrifies you. I can't even fathom... <clears throat> oh. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, since uh, when we did the uh, um, the fetishes uh, last week, and you brought up a, a celebrity list, I brought up a celebrity list for phobias. Woody Allen has panophobia, but he's not afraid really? to fuck a fifteen year old. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking that, or marry his was, own stepdaughter, which only goes to show you that the. Which only goes to show that the male sex drive is more powerful than an irrational fear. <laughs> he was like, this 15-year-old terrifies me. But she but got she's that hot. Asian snatch. I got to get it. Was <laughs> <laughs> she hot, But she hot, though. <laughs> God damn it. They're making a fucking documentary about him. The time period where him and uh, Woody Allen, it's a documentary. I think it. No, no. Yeah. Well, it, it, it covers the I'm time sorry. period in his life, right? <laughs> with him and Farrah Fawcett were getting divorced and the whole pedo allegations were thrown around. Hmm. I haven't seen it yet, but I just saw an advertisement for it the other day. It's either on Hulu or Showtime, one or the other. Mm. But uh, so uh, continue. Okay, so we also have phobophobia. Um, <laughs> photophobia is the fear of phobias <laughs> and is very self-limiting and self-replicating. So it is the phobia uh, where you have a fear of of other phobias and developing more phobias, which tends to help that person develop more phobias. It's a self-fulfilling like, phobia. Uh, a fear. This one would suck. There's somnophobia, which is the fear of going to which is the fear of going to sleep. Basically, that one's got to be like fucking sleep too much. Yeah, right? but being <laughs> it, being terrified of it doesn't really help. Um, uh, uh, it's it's. Uh, I feel like I don't get to sleep enough. I would like to sleep more. Right. <laughs> um, 
but uh, let's see. So then we have nomophobia, uh, is which is a fear of being without mm. your cell phone, mm. which makes Not sense. Really. I hate my phone. Oh no, it it, it makes no <laughs> logical sense. But in today's age, makes sense that there would be people who are terrified of losing their phones, like that. I. Not even a surprise. Mm. <laughs> um, right. There is sesquipedelophobia. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, which is a fear of long words. That one was on one of my lists. Yeah. There is deafnophobia, which is the fear of having conversations during dinner. Mm. Specifically oh, dinner conversations. There, I thought that was the fear of the live action version of death note. I'm sorry, keep going. Uh, there is genophobia, which is a fear of your own knees. Uh, it is also the fear of other people's knees. Um, I can see how that could turn into a really uh, horrible thing for everyone involved, especially if the person decides to go on a vigilante spree against knees. Um, <laughs> I used to be in a doctor like you until somebody with a knee phone. Yeah. Until <laughs> <laughs> I took a bat to the Don't knee. Don't become a like, Thai kickboxer. <laughs> Are their knees horribly mangled after years and no, years you just of Thai get a bunch kickboxing? Of knees into the face in Thai kickboxing. Probably. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, true. That is, I feel like that is to be expected. Uh, let's see. We have po- uh, pognophobia, which is the fear of facial hair. Uh, and hmm. last is cons. I'm not sure if I'm consecatoliophobia. Why? 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 It's the fear of going to Chinese or Japanese restaurants. Consecatoli. Why? Why would you make it that word? Like what? It feels like just a. It feels like someone just reached into a a a, a Scrabble game, pulled out letters, and that's what the, they got. This is the dodecahedron like, of words. Why? If I'm remembering correctly, law uses Latin, science uses Greek, so that's why. Well, it's dumb though. It's really dumb. Does anybody know when the second season of Beastars is supposed to come out? Uh, unfortunately, I do not. I only know that it has been announced and should be coming out. But past that, I do not. Oh! Uh, I didn't really get into Beastars too much. I appreciated it for what it was, but I didn't uh, get well, too much Y'all remember much how y'all like sales at work? They have a they have a new a new series yeah. called mm-hmm. Cells at Work Black. Dear God, it's good. <laughs> it's basically the same show. What it, should I ask? It's the what same it's about? basic premise. It's cells inside of a body, 
but it sells inside of a geriatric, uh, cancer-ridden, alcoholic chain smoker, <laughs> and how everything around. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And all the good. gender roles are reversed from the last one. So, you know, in the last one, the red blood cells were chicks and the white blood cells were dudes. Now it's flipped around and the white blood cells are like Cinderies. <laughs> and the red blood cells are like main characters from an anime. <laughs> it's really good. That's I pretty. laughed my ass off. <clears throat> okay, I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to look that up. <laughs> For the funny. But why, though? But why not, though? They, I think the, why either not? the third or the fourth episode, you, there's an episode about erectile dysfunction. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's good. And Don't ask why, but why directly not? Directly involving that particular episode, they go into a gonorrheic episode. <laughs> it's good. They were, t- they were too busy trying to figure out if they could instead of worrying if they should. That, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, I also did some celebrities who had phobias. I also did some celebrities who had phobias. Um, uh, one celebrity I found was Alfred Hitchcock had a phobia of eggs. Because he looked like one. Which is hilarious. Yeah, right? It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. Alfred Hitchcock had an irrational fear of eggs. That is hilarious. Our boy Keanu has a fear of the darkness. Uh, 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 eh, that's pretty calm. Yeah, that, that that's a pretty like that's a pretty reasonable are, are we talking about fear. fear? The darkness, as in the metaphysical darkness, and within haunts all men's soul, or just you know, it's dark outside. Probably both. Dark. See, I, I would answer that with a yes. If I was Keanu and someone asked me that, I would just be like, yes. <laughs> Next question, sir. Uh, my- <laughs> Madonna has a fear of storms. Has a fear of what? Oh. Storms. Oh. Well, after that STD storm she had, I guess. (laughs) Um, Natalie Wood uh, is an actress from way back when uh, has or had hydrophobia. Ironically enough, she did drown. Mm. As her, as her, uh, as, as how she. So died. what you're saying is she was right. Uh, <laughs> I thought. <laughs> In this case, the water did was out to get her. I thought this one was deliciously ironic. Johnny Depp He's has afraid of colors. Oh yeah, the fear of clowns. Fear... Uh, and clowns. clowns. Considering he played. Consider. Captain Jack yeah. Sparrow, Benny from Benny and June. Wonka, the Mad Hatter, Edward. Yeah, I <laughs> thought that was ironically hilarious too. It's like, how are you gonna fucking play the Mad Hatter and be afraid of clowns? Well, if you are the clown, you're not being afraid of yourself, then are you? If you can't see yourself, you can't be afraid of yourself. I don't think that's how. 
So maybe if he caught a, a vision of himself in a so mirror, just he might hold up be afraid a... of himself. But if you can't see yourself physically, why would you then be afraid of yourself? <laughs> this podcast is getting very metaphysical. <clears throat> Who knows? <laughs> it's getting too deep. Stop it. <laughs> just don't. Um, David Beckham, a uh, soccer star, uh, has a fear of disorganization or disorder. Sorry. He has a fear of disorder, which is called ataxophobia. And uh, I think this one's also deliciously ironic. Pamela Anderson has a fear of mirrors. Uh, well, okay. <clears throat> I wouldn't want to look at her either. I'm not un-American. Well, that woman looks un-American. like she's been run over by like the pizza truck twice. <laughs> well, we can always look no. back, you know, into no. the early '90s when she was no. still attractive. Look, there's I'm... attractive, and then there is plastic. I'm not attracted mm. to plastic. I'm mm. attracted to people. That woman's never been a person after about the first episode of Baywatch and she got a paycheck. She turned into plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been noticing that a lot of like uh, female celebrities, their faces, like uh, I said this when um, Cardi B uh... did a. Uh, she was in the the one song with uh, uh, girls like a girl like you and a guy mm-hmm. like me. That song, and she comes on, she starts singing, and I was like, "Why does her face look like it's made well, out of plastic? Like she looks like she has to." Nicki Minaj used to be attractive when she first came out with Super Bass, which was her first like big song. She looks like a fucking cartoon character now, and then she, she looks augmented like a cartoon herself. character now. And then she went and got herself cyberly enhanced. I mean, the woman has talent. Why do you... She wasn't a bad rapper. She was fairly good lyricist. She made good music. Why did she have to go and then turn herself into, like, whatever that is? For the money. You you know why everybody's chasing you, you that Kim Kardashian why. ass. It's the same the reason they all do the it. it, dude. Fucking um, Nicki Minaj <laughs> looks like someone just hooked a bike pump to her butt. And I know just her hips it. are just it's, weird. It is so <laughs> disproportionate. It's so yeah. It's completely disproportional weird. to her body shape. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, I like all shapes of women, to large to almost anorexic. I don't really care. But there's a, like, Kim Kardashian and Nicki Minaj, they look good when that shit's oiled up and bent over just right. But when they're just standing up, it looks like they have a full diaper on their ass. No, it looks like someone <laughs> attached their butts to. I mean, Nikki's Minaj's. It, it looks like their asses yeah. were designed and then attached. But I mean, Nikki's <laughs> ass crumbs are. Uh, it's a really bad joke. 
But her ass comes around to her front. Her ass literally comes up on the top of her hips and then comes down into her thigh muscle instead of her thigh going to the top of her hip and wrapping around to her ass. But. Mm. So, um, turning away mm-hmm. from Nicki Minaj and, and Big Fat Ass. Sure there's, there's no turning zero. away from that. It's too yeah, all-encompassing. Yeah. Flat Earthers couldn't deny that that shit is round. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. I really hope in the next couple of weeks Flat Earthers go, yeah, Nicki Minaj's ass is also flat. I want that to be a thing. <laughs> you think You think her ass is flat? The joke's on you. There is no ass. Right. Wake up, shit. <laughs> the ass is an illusion. <laughs> it's like the, the moon landing was fake. <laughs> you think there's a moon? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, Nicole Kidman has a fear of butterflies. Um, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Lepidopter. It can't be worse than my old ladies. My old ladies, she's terrified of cockroaches. Eh, that's a fairly normal one, though. So, uh, Oprah, Madam O herself, has chiclophobia, which is a fear of chewing. You know, she has a fear of mastication? Is there not a fear of being broke? Is there not, like, an irrational fear no, of being a, broke? Um, no, that's called that's the cool. way of the chewing. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah, really. It's called everyday life. <laughs> so a couple others on this list. Um, our first president, George Washington, had taphophobia. Oh, I thought that was the fear of Howard Taft. Fear of being Sorry. buried alive. I tend to think that's because they was tried a couple of times. I'm not dead, you asshole. Stop it. Nixon had nosocomphobia, fear of hospitals. Uh, Napoleon Bonaparte was afraid of cats. Because they were taller than him. Nikola Tesla. And co- coincidentally enough, his wife loved cats. She had like ten. <laughs> Nikola Tesla had a irrational fear of jewelry, and um, this one was on Nikola Tesla was crazy as a fucking yard dog. Nah, he's not as crazy as a yard dog, but he yeah, is. But... He he's. <laughs> Tesla is crazy in that way of um, he is crazy in that brilliant way where it's like he does shit that is awe inspiring. And then he goes on this tangent about, you know, fifth dimensional creatures crawling into his brain. And you're just like, uh oh, it's starting to set in. wrong. Tesla was a scientific genius and was <laughs> eons again, uh, ahead of his field. <laughs> But the man was crazy in the fact that he didn't pers- he didn't patent half of his shit. He didn't pursue copyright, 
and he basically died penniless and alone in a kind of a someone gave him a room to live in. That was about it. He didn't know how to. He didn't know how to business. Oh, and I'm thinking of the wrong Nikola Tesla. Tesla. Yes, yes, the guy that gave us. Uh, you know, yeah, sorry, my bad. I was thinking waves, of the wrong Tesla. You know the Tesla coil. Most of hell, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, who was the American thief that was so that's so famous for the light bulb? Yeah. Him and Edison got into a fucking fight over alternating and direct current. Edison electrocuted an elephant to prove how dangerous Tesla's AC current was. You know the current that runs the entire world now? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, there's there's a difference between alternating current that comes from a power station or batteries. Yes, but... Which is what the reason why he did it is because he was in a fight against Tesla's idea because Edison wanted direct current to be the model, but you couldn't spike the voltage high enough to throw direct current over long distances like you can with alternating current. Right. So the last uh, famous person on, on the list here is Sigmund Freud. He had a fear of weapons and ferns. Poplophobia and... But he was not afraid of his mom's vagina. Uh, respectively. Wait, what? Sigmund yep. Freud was into the whole sex thing and he the, had a very... The, 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 no, but a lot of his work come was up with very much complex? involved with sexual repression and fetishism of family members and mothers and whatnot. And if you die, if you sex, if you, you know, take Freud apart, you really see how he is a, he has an Oedipus complex for his mom. Mm. No boy. And for those that don't know, the Oedipus complex Greek comes myth- from, uh, uh, the, it's Greek, yeah, Greek mythology. Oedipus yep. uh, killed his dad and married his mom. So, like, someone with to to use, I guess, a pejorative version. Uh, someone who has mommy issues might have an Oedipus complex. All the mommy mm. issues. Um, so, <clears throat> another. Uh, Ira- oddly irrational fear that I had heard about is uh, triskaidekaphobia, which is a fear of the number 13. Hmm. Well, there's also that, I forget the name of it, but there's also that phobia where you are afraid of the color yellow, <clears throat> which makes me think hmm. everyone suffering <laughs> from that is possibly a green lantern. Because that's a really <laughs> specific thing. Is that a <clears throat> is that a fear of colors? It is just the fear of yellow. Mm, suspect. So 
So you said there's like four hundred of them. Over, yeah, them. like over four hundred phobias. Mm, go for it. Uh, interesting. <laughs> an interesting one was uh, a fear of stars. Um, xenophobia is a, a fear of dogs. I, I think anyone who has a fear of dogs is uh, an evil person. <clears throat> That's just me. Um, Equinophobia. Dogs can be horses. fucking scary. And I'm a dog person, and even I know they can be fucking scary. Anything with about. teeth that's going, I'm fit to eat your ass well, is scary. And, and, well, and then. Especially when they're the majority of dogs owned are literally big enough to kill you. Yeah. It Maybe might it just be. be <laughs> Equinophobia is a fear of horses, or as I like to call them. I'm not afraid dogs. of them, but I don't like them. Um, so there were one of the. Th- mm. Uh, they've got weird teeth. <laughs> uh, uh, so the one when you had talked about a, a fear of circles, <clears throat> there's one phobia called trypophobia, which is a fear of holes. <clears throat> so like uh, coral, sponges, honeycombs, whatever those weird um seed pods are i forget what planet is but like that it's showing a picture of that on the list for a fear of holes um claustrophobia uh five to seven percent of the world's population suffers from claustrophobia i've got a mild case of i love tight places hemmed in it makes me (laughs) i try to get in one whenever she lets me oh wait a minute Um, ophidiophobia is the fear of snakes and of course uh, Gerald already mentioned arachnophobia Uh, nearly 30.5% of arachnophobia sufferers live in the United States now I personally don't have a mind numbing fear of spiders I just don't like them so like uh, on my way to one of the hospitals on Wednesday I was driving and I notice movement out of the corner of my eye. I look down and it's like a baby spider, just like web repelling down to my hand. And I'm like, Nope. Swung my hand and like knocked it away. And then I kept looking down. I was like, oh, Okay. See, that's weird to me so that the tricked. majority of people who have arachnophobia live in America <laughs> because there are places like Australia and the middle East No, it's not even just that. Where everything is like ten times the size of the things here in America. Like, like your story just now, how you were talking about how a little baby spider was. Ninety percent of the most deadliest spiders in the world live in fucking Australia. (laughs) Yes, and like in the Middle East, you have camel spiders, which are like the size of small dogs. They're no, no. Yeah. Uh, generally about the size well, of a dinner plate. Yeah, a chihuahua is about the size of a dinner plate. 
I mean, then you, then you have the Small bird dog. catching tarantula from South <laughs> America. Which is also the size of a dinner plate. And apparently there's <laughs> a uh, there's a spider called the human killing spider in Australia, which is just a spider that is just pissed off all the time and will just attack people for no reason or provocation and is one of the most deadly poisonous animals on the planet. Sounds like a good time. Like, how the... Um, the two steps like, How the hell is the majority of arachnophobia patients in America? That doesn't make any sense. Um, black widows. Everybody's like, we really are widows. pussifying our population. Uh, yeah, and a black widow won't bother you if you don't bother it. It doesn't go out of its way to attack well, you. Neither does a brown recluse, but you know, people are afraid of them. Black- I used to have, in my old house, I had like spiders that lived in every, I had like five brown recluses that lived on my roof in my living room because they caught, they caught bugs and shit and I left them alone. We had a rule. If you stay on the ceiling, you're fine. You get on the carpet, you're dead. Yeah, pretty much. That's my rule for spiders too. It's like, as long as I don't catch you crawling over me or anything else and you stay up in your corner and you eat the pest, then Hey, you're good. But at any point in time you deviate from this plan, well, you're fucked. The, the thing that's really funny that if you tell most people that are have, you know, arachnophobia, that on average you eat a hundred spiders in your sleep over a lifetime, it's fun to watch their face like contort and change the colors. Because it's true. <laughs> statistically speaking, yes. Is that true? Statistically really? speaking, you eat about a hundred spiders <sighs> in your lifetime. What the fuck is wrong with animal? What the fuck is wrong with a rat? Think about it. A spider likes like (laughs) dark, confined spaces to spin webs like a cave or a hole in the ground. So if it's crawling over something that's massive, then goes, oh, look at this black hole. I can go in here and spin a web. And as soon as it touches your tongue, you crunch. Yeah, but you would think it would understand... The it difference. even has a nice warm draft. You, you coming think out it of would here. understand that it's Great. on a living thing? <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here like oh, uh, you Gerald think you'd understand that it is crawling on and into a living thing, though. It just seems, uh, yeah. Some spiders lay their eggs in something that they just killed. There's there's something to go to sleep tonight with. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's oh, normal. And, and Gerald, in answer to your question, that's just normal. They don't care. In answer to your question, it's called agrostrophobia. Mm-hmm. Fear of grass. Ah, agrostrophobia. Uh, that person's day just missed all. They must just live in a desert. Like that's the person that li- that that moves and just lives in like this on the edge oh, of the Sahara Arizona. Desert. So they just don't have to deal with that shit. <laughs> or they move to Arizona, yeah. Arizona, New Mexico, <laughs> some I, parts of Texas. I've honestly thought about tearing up all the grass in my yard and just filling it with rocks. <clears throat> Yeah, but I would have yeah. to mow grass. Well, you'd still get weeds, though. Yeah. I want to turn my yard into a giant. Yeah, the only problem is, is, you know, you can't even keep it <clears> in <throat> because shit walks through it. Or just. 
Uh, well, anybody have any any other excuse me fears uh, to discuss before we wrap it up? Uh, I think that's good. Uh, if you do have an irrational phobia, uh, you're not alone. Obviously, uh, there is help if it is interfering with you living a normal life. But outside of mm. that, yeah, uh, phobias is are there weird. one for debt? Um. Oh, I'm positive there is. Yeah, I've Hell, got that. I one. have it. I have a irrational <laughs> fear of owing people money. Hang on. I wonder if there's an irrational fear of breathing. Uh, I must kill myself. <laughs> oh wait, I can't hold my breath that long. Shit. Like if anything can become a. F- like if anything can become a phobia, there must be some uh, like really just hilarious ones. Chromatophobia is the extreme fear of money. I'm not afraid of money. I'm afraid I'm of certain to money. money. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start telling my girlfriends I have an irrational fear of cooking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That was not as funny as I was hoping it was going to be, but okay. <laughs> you really want to get them done having a rational fear of vagina and see how that works out. That's true. <laughs> An irrational fear of clouds that guessing... look like rabbits. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to to Frankenstein this together. I'm gonna guess it's dyspneophobia would be a fear of breathing, or dyspneophobia. You can have a lot of fun with this because dyspnea just come out with random ridiculous (laughs) fears. Somebody's got a fear of pillows. I love tits. <laughs> and that's why he made the, his my pillow to get over his fear of it. <laughs> uh. Uh. Ooh, oh yeah. There, there's also the yeah, irrational fear of uh, of opinions, and I'm starting to think all everyone on the extreme far yeah. left has that. Yeah. <laughs> I think the left is comprised of people with the irrational fear of other people's opinions. Uh, I think it goes both ways. It would make a lot of sense. Oh, fear <clears throat> uh, of ducks. Allodoxophobia. Oh, is that the is that the actual scientific name for it, or medical condition? Yes. The fear of oh, hearing yeah. other people's opinions. And it would also people. explain why it's such a small <laughs> group of people, really. You know? Oh. It, it makes more and more sense every time. If, if you or someone you know experiences allodoxophobia, get off your fucking self. <laughs> other people are hey, going hey, to have opinions hey, that differ from <clears throat> hmm. A lot of people have the irrational fear of being wrong. I've got your fake news right here. <laughs> I'm wrong all the time, unfortunately, according to my <laughs> wife. So, yeah. 
We're just scared of everything. Like we humans are simultaneously we we simultaneously simultaneously want to fuck everything. We're scared of everything and uh we love everything. How do you do I I the human race is a marvel just on that basis. Cause that is a very specific set of conditions that have to be met for that to work. <laughs> yeah. It's really right, so some fun taking uh, still good. Specific to this case. Uh, Hannibal's still good. Mandalorian is is going along. I'm I I don't know. This episode was kind of a meh for me. I, I think it was good. It was middle of the road. I don't think it was bad. Don't think it was good. Um. So I hope we it get gets more. better. It was a reconnaissance episode. Yeah. It, it like Chewie said. It it does it feel better. like a lot of these episodes are just filler. They feel like filler episodes. Um. Uh, outside of that, um, <sighs> common sense is becoming more and more of a scarce commodity, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> and as far as phobias, yeah, you can make a fun little game out of just coming up with random phobias to silly things. Like the phobia of, uh, uh, like the irrational fear of plushies. Furby, mm, Furby. Oh, I'm sure there is. Sure there's a thing. Uh, how about the... <laughs> How about the irrational fear of your second toe being longer yeah, than your uh, big toe? Yeah, I I absolutely can the see fear that of monkey toe. Or, okay. Uh, Uh, an irrational fear of getting that D. That, that, that's or fear that, that most straight men have, yes. <laughs> or the, how about that D, Haseo? I bet you he had that phobia. <laughs> if you if you remember your, your dot hack stuff, Gerald. Oh, yeah, like, hey, hey Haseo, how about that D, though? <laughs> like just, how about that D? About yeah, D? pretty much. <laughs> All right. Um, I I'm also still enjoying Hannibal. Um, I thought that was a hell of a, a a cold open. Seeing a totem pole made of bodies, I'm sure it'll only get better from there. They've had some um, seriously gruesome ones. I'm still in. I'm still enjoying Mandalorian, but the the amount of plot armor they're using is 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 getting it's getting up there to where yeah. I'm starting to get disheartened. 
and uh, big man and, yeah. for the TV show. Oh, oh, I, I think he might be. Uh... Oh well, oh, yeah, he he broke up there. Yeah. Uh... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> we almost got him back. <laughs> then he disappeared. Uh, but I, I do like that idea you came up with, Gerald. Uh, listeners, uh, if you if you have a few moments, you know, if you're with, uh, you know, a maximum of ten socially distant people. Try that. Try to come up with a like oddly specific but hilarious fear, and then see, you know, do a Google search and see if it exists. And that might uh, fill in a, a good ten twenty minutes of you know time you need to kill. I might <laughs> I might start doing that myself. <laughs> um, don't other. Oh, I I can hear him, but can he hear us? Well, and I guess okay. on that note, take us out, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait. Before you do that, before you do that, uh, do the plugs. So uh, <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, you know, give us, rate us on, on your podcast directory. Get us, you know, up in the algorithm some more. If you have any ideas, anything you liked, you don't like, you can follow us and talk to talk with us on Twitter. That's at uh, GSPcast. We have our locals platform, which is gspodcast.locals.com. Uh, on Facebook, we are gscast. Uh, we have a Facebook group or page, gscast, and you can always send us an email, gamingsessions.podcast at gmail.com. Still waiting here <laughs> from all six of you people. So on that. All right. Well, thank you for joining us again, everyone. Hope you continue having a good day. Hope you continue having a good week. Be safe out there, and we will hopefully talk to you next time. Later.